It is so good to return to our spiritual home in this cathedral. And I'm going to have to pause a lot through this entire service just to give, give thanks. I mean, it's just it's impossible to, to kind of feel all of this and, and make sense of it. I can't put it into words. And of course, that's the very point. This is not about words alone. It's about how the western sun comes through those stained glass windows. It's about how these organs thunder. Who has words for that? And it's above all about how this community gathers before Christ's altar in order to mingle our prayers with those who've come before us and mingle our prayers with those who will surely follow us. There are no words for all of this. So I won't try to describe it. It's just perfect that on All Saints Sunday, and this our return to the cathedral, that our gospel reading is from John's gospel. This cathedral is named after St. John the Evangelist, and this is John's gospel. And that means, in part, that John's gospel is, is, a, is the story, and, and, and like a cathedral, like this cathedral, the place that is also our spiritual home, a place where we can feel at home and recognize ourselves and others. It's a story in which we dwell. And crucially, it's a story that's not about another world, but it's a story that is about the world in which you and I live in every single day. And that's why names are so important in John's gospel. Names. The chapter before this one is when we kind of, the light is turned on so that we see how important names are in John's gospel. In the chapter before this, Jesus says, the shepherd calls the sheep by name and leads them out. Right before the service, I was talking with one of the Dean's co-vergers, Mark Weary, and I said, I wasn't talking about all of you, but I said, how are the sheep for you? And what I meant was his, his endless array of, of crucifers and of thurifer and readers and choir and all the people he has to shepherd and coordinate. How are the sheep, I said. He said, kind of like cats. <laughs> Ministries is often herding cats, but Jesus uses this metaphor of sheep, and he knows the sheep by name. There's this, our, our program for, for elementary school children is called Godly Play, and it loves this story about the sheep. And when the storyteller, that's the teacher, but it's called the storyteller because it's not really a teacher. The teacher's not supposed to tell the children, nor am I supposed to tell the adults, what the answers are. The storyteller will present the parable of the Good Shepherd and one of the wondering questions that the storyteller will ask the children is, I wonder if the Good Shepherd knows your name. I wonder if the Good Shepherd knows your name. The Good Shepherd definitely knows the name of Lazarus. And that explains what happens when Jesus 
hears that Lazarus has died. And it explains the shortest verse in English in the Bible. Jesus wept. Jesus knows exactly who Lazarus is. Jesus is very close to Lazarus and his two sisters, Mary and Martha. And so when he hears that Lazarus has died, he is weeping perhaps because this is one of his most intimate colleagues. This is perhaps even more one of his dearest friends. That's another theme in John's gospel that's just perfect for St. John's Cathedral. The theme of friendship. And so he grieves, not for some abstract theological reasons. He grieves because Lazarus has died. He knows exactly who Lazarus is. And that adds power when he goes to the cave or the tomb in which Lazarus is laid. And he says, Lazarus, come out. And John intends for us for that to be a kind of echo of what the, first, the chapter before told us. The good shepherd calls the sheep by name and leads them out. And what John means by out, what John means by out is not just a cave, is not just a tomb. It means that Jesus is leaving us, leading us out of, of anything that's like a tomb. Anything that holds us back. Anything that binds us in this life or in the life to come, Lazarus, come out. This story also foreshadows the resurrection in John's gospel and the importance of naming there. Do you remember Mary Magdalene in John's gospel? This is our story. This is where we dwell as St. John's Cathedral. In John's gospel, Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb while it was dark. And there's a garden nearby. And some mysterious, mysterious figure shows up. And she doesn't know who he is. And she supposes him to be the gardener. She doesn't know who he is until he speaks what? He says, Mary. Her name. In John's gospel, names and naming have to do with recognition and belonging, which are two of the most important dimensions of resurrection in this life and in the life to come. I vividly remember the time that I felt like I waited an eternity to hear my name called. I'm about to tell you a, a, a not exactly religious story. Because this is about life. It's not about church. It's about life. In fourth grade, I loved nothing more than kickball. Do you remember kickball? I loved it. I loved it so much. I loved it more than math. <laughs> and I vividly remember kickball for our grade was getting so popular. And the PE teacher made what I, I now know was a terrible mistake. She was great, and she was my best friend's mother, but she made a terrible mistake. She was just sort of undone with how many people wanted to play kickball and having to divide the teams and decide who gets on the team and who doesn't, who has to wait till the next day. So she decided that she would appoint team captains, and the team captains each would pick nine people to be on their team, and that was it, and they would deal with the results of that. 
And I was so ready to play kickball that day. And the two team captains were the two coolest people in school. A kid who always wore a headband during PE, and I thought that was just marvelous. <laughs> and another kid who no matter how hot it was in Alabama where I grew up, no matter how hot it was, he would wear shorts and a Levi's denim jacket and kick the ball so far you could never see it again. And they were in charge of calling the names, and they did just that. They would call one person, the next person that calls all the way through. Each time, I knew my name was going to be called. Each time, my heart was broken. Finally, it got down to the last person. The last person. And I just knew the kid in the denim jacket was going to call my name. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And he called Carlos. And my heart was broken which is ridiculous from the standpoint of, of history because kickball doesn't matter so much. But let me tell you what matters so much. Naming and recognition and belonging. Oh, it matters. Oh, it matters. I love that when the church is, is at the best, at its best, None of this has anything to do with getting called to be on a team. Baptism has, is not a field sport. It costs you life, but it's not a sport. And anyone who wants to hear their name called in baptism can. Anyone. Just let us know and we'll baptize you the next time that we do this. We have 11 persons who are going to be baptized at this service, and their names will be said throughout baptism. We will say the name of Indira and Margot and Miliana and Ezekiel and Isla and Adam and Kasara and Cassandra, Nacha, Shia, Shia, and Cyrus. And after we call out their names, the priest will say, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. And if you were baptized years ago or decades ago, these words can remind you of your own baptism. And if you want to be baptized, let us go. We'll, 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 let us know and we'll baptize you next time. And all of these words and all of these rituals and this sacrament of the resurrection is about recognition and belonging. Two of the most essential dimensions of resurrection. And through these words and through these ancient rituals, may all of us, all of us, sense and hear the risen Christ who knows us each by name, and leads us out of any and every tomb in this life and in the life to come.